Welcome to Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Soundprints for the week of September 9, 2018. We've got lots of fun and information for you this week on Soundprints. Join me in the kitchen again this week for another demonstration. This time I'm talking about the Tupperware Grill. For the microwave. I know that sounds a bit odd, but it really is a grill. It really is from Tupperware. It really works in the microwave, and it really makes some mighty good food. Last week, we demoed the Trivia Treat game on the Amazon Echo. There's another fun game we just found out about, and we're all playing it at Roundabout. Cecil Cox has us playing Wordplay, an addicting game of five-letter words that will keep you glued to your Echo. Find out about it on page three. There's always interesting news on the email list. On page 4, you'll find an article about technology and the future of Braille. ACB Advocacy Director Tony Stevens is quoted in the article. Another article is about a grocery store chain that's partnering with Ira Glasses to help customers shop. ACB President Kim Charlson is quoted in this article. And a third article discusses potential lawsuits about realty companies whose websites are inaccessible. And on page 5 is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. All right, everybody, we're going to have another cooking demonstration today. Everyone seemed to enjoy the Instant Pot demonstration, so I have another new device, a relatively new device, that I am enjoying using in the kitchen, and it's giving some really good results and very easy to use, so I thought I would share it with you today. It is the Tupperware Grill, and this has been out for a few years, maybe two or three years, but uh, I just bought it last winter, and I've done a few things with it. There's a couple of things I really like to do with it. That There are many other things that can be done with the grill, and we're just going to touch on a little bit of the possibilities with it. But first of all, I want to describe what this is, because it's not the standard grill that you think of as a countertop grill where you have the, um, the, the grill surface, the flat grill surface, and, um, and then you have the top that comes down on it. This is more like a square cake pan with a top. And it really, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, that's just a glorified square cake pan for which I paid $200. And I really wasn't real impressed in the beginning. However, um, instead of just being a square cake pan, it's not quite square. The top is flat and fits down into the grill. At least it fits into the grill one way. The other way, it doesn't quite fit into the grill. Instead of fitting right down into it, if you turn it the other direction, um, it it sits on top of the grill. It fits down like a uh, like a top of a casserole dish, and that is actually what the quote grill becomes in your microwave is a casserole dish. Now you're saying, how can there be a grill in my microwave? Well, the grill is, as I said, like a square cake pan. The outside around the uh, the actual sides of the grill is metal. And inside is a non-stick metal surface. And you're saying, no way can that go in my microwave. Well, part of the grill is coated with rubber. And the rubber uh, encases part of the grill, especially around the edges, where you lift it out of the microwave. And the bottom of the grill is coated with the rubber. And uh, the it's... Um, not just little feet, but uh, the, um, uh, the, the, the little parts of the grill that make it stand up just a tad from the bottom of the microwave are also rubber. The top of the grill is also encased in rubber on the outside, and the handle on the top is rubber. Inside the, on the inside of the top, uh, you can feel the metal and 
all of the surfaces of the metal that you can feel inside the grill, both in the bottom of the grill and the top of the grill, are nonstick coated. Now, I usually don't buy nonstick coated stuff because it peels off uh, after a while and I'm not very happy. But I did buy this, I guess just because the whole concept was just so interesting that I thought I'd try it. And I've been very, very pleased. What we're going to do tonight is uh, I'm going to cook some salmon fillets. Now, this is not the salmon that comes in a can. And you're going, some of you are going, ugh, I don't like salmon. This is salmon like you go out and buy uh, at a hotel restaurant, at a nice restaurant. I purchased my salmon from the meat counter at the grocery store and uh, it comes uh, they put it wrap it in a bag and in, and, and then over wrap it in paper in butcher's paper uh, so it's really like buying fresh cut steak or fresh cut pork chops or uh, something like that so we're going to get the fillets out I have two fillets here and uh, we're going to get them out and put them in the grill with the skin side up. And I'm going to put one in one direction, one in the other, because salmon fillets are sort of like a, a wedge. Uh, they're shaped like a, almost like a doorstop. They're fat on one end and skinny on the other. So, um, in order to make the top fit down flat and have the cooking even, I, I want to have one, the fat part of the fillet facing one direction, and then the fat, the, um, the fat part, the thick part of the second fillet facing another direction. So I have them in my grill now, skin side down. And remember, this is like a cake pan. It is not like a countertop grill. I used to do these fillets on my countertop grill, uh, but I've, I've changed because A, they take a shorter amount of time in the microwave in my Tupperware grill, and B, they, uh, they're much more moist in the, in, the in the microwave. So I just find that they're much tastier in the microwave. I'm going to put a little bit of seasoning on the fillets and we'll just do that. You don't have to do a whole lot of preparation. This doesn't take a lot of talent. In fact, it takes very little talent. That's why I like it. it just You just don't need a whole lot of things. I Actually, I have some Mrs. Dash here and so I just put a little bit on the fillets. I'm going to leave it, leave the uh, Mrs. Dash out because when I take it out of the microwave in a few minutes, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take the skin off of the, off of the fillet and turn it over and put a little seasoning on the other side. I really wouldn't have to do that, but I just happen to like to do it. So now I'm going to put the top on the, on the uh, fillets. And I'm going to let you hear me put this in the microwave and turn it on so you can hear that, no, this does not cause a problem with the microwave. I'm going to bring the book port with me over to the microwave so you can hear uh, the, the way it sounds once it goes in and the power is turned on. So, here we go into the microwave and I'm going to set my time for about four minutes. Here we are at four minutes. And now I'll come back in a little bit and well as you can hear the microwave is running normally in spite of the fact that there is metal in this grill. And uh, actually, Tupperware says that the rubber coating on the grill does keep the microwaves away from the food. And um, I think that is so. It cooks 
inside the grill it can get very hot in fact it can get inside the grill up to as high as 400 degrees even 415 you do not leave the food in the grill for longer than 20 minutes you're not supposed to microwave anything in this grill for longer than 20 minutes i have never had to cook anything for quite for that long not near that long the other thing that i've done in here that's almost the same principle is chicken breast now adam and i don't really like the uh, like chicken breast because the white meat gets so dry when you cook it in this grill it does not and we have begun eating chicken breast instead of the uh, chicken thigh fillets um, because it's it's just so moist and it's very very good in this grill and it also doesn't take but about four or five minutes to complete cooking. A couple of other things that work well also are, you guessed it, pork chops and hamburgers. For pork chops, you would do the same thing that we did with the salmon fillets. You'd season them on both sides, and put them in the grill, just put the top on and let them go for a couple of minutes, turn them over and do the, do the same thing again, or actually you wouldn't even have to turn them over. Hamburgers also work that way, uh, and the fat on the hamburger would drain off because there is a slight depression all the way around the grill on the um, outer side of the uh, cooking surface, and the, the fat can drain right into there. I would recommend that you not do things that have a big bone in them, such as uh, a bre chicken breast with a bone or chicken leg with a bone. Uh, because that would keep the top from fitting down smoothly against the item that you're grilling. We said in the beginning that the top could uh, fit down into the grill, turn one direction, turn the other direction, it would be uh, supported on the top for cooking as a casserole. And when you're grilling meat, you want it to fit down against the meat smoothly so that everything cooks evenly. So this is going to come out in a few minutes, and I'll be back, and we'll turn the fillets over and put them back in for a couple more minutes. The microwave is off, and so we're going to take out the, um, the grill. Now, you, if, if you're a little sensitive to heat, if you're a little uh, leery of heat, you might want to use uh, some oven mitts or something to pick this up, but it truly is not hot. I'm picking the grill up by the rubber, that lip that is around the grill, and it's not, it is not hot at, well, it's warm. That'll be the best way to describe it. So I'm going to take it over and set it on the counter. I'm coming back to get the cord so I can take you with me. Now, at this point, I want to check the salmon. I could have left it in for a little longer and maybe eliminated this step, but I like to kind of keep watch on what's going on. That I'm going to take the top off of the grill. The, the handle, as I said earlier, is rubber and it is warm. I have picked this up without uh, oven mitts or without any anything. I've just picked it up with my bare fingers. Um, I am going to uh, lie it down uh, with the uh, with the handle down on my stove because uh, I don't the, the underneath where it's been touching the salmon is a little will be a little greasy and I don't want to get that on my stove so uh, I put the grill down now I'm going to take the skin off of the salmon and if the salmon is cooking well the skin will just peel right off you can just pull it right off with your fingers all in one piece and I have done that on one piece I'm going to do that with this other fillet and as I said this is nothing like salmon that comes out of a can um, this really has a good taste um, I always thought salmon croquettes were pretty good but I was on a convention, uh, a convention site visit for ACB one time. I think I was out in Portland, Oregon. And I had some salmon 
at a hotel. They always want you to eat all their food and show you how great their food is, so you'll want to come. And I think one night out there, they had uh, I had a tuna steak, and I never had a tuna steak before. And oh, was that good. And then another night, either there or on another site inspection out in the west, I had a salmon steak, and it was just so really different from anything I had ever eaten, um, especially in Kentucky. Now, I'm going to turn, I've, I have a, uh, a, a spatula here, a plastic spatula that you can use with um, things that are have nonstick coating, and I'm just turning these fillets over because I want to season the other side as well as just kind of get a look at how well they're cooking in there. When fish is done, it's it's nice and flaky, and this is certainly already flaky. So I'm going to get this turned over, and just about there. Now when we put this back in and cook, this will cook a little more on both sides, um, and we will do that, and I'm going to season it here, and then we'll come back and see what happens. It's certainly very nice and moist now. You know, one of the good things about salmon is it's filled... It has a lot of omega-3 in it. Um, the good fat that they tell us we should all be eating is omega-3s, and salmon is one of those foods that just has a lot of omega-3s in it. So it's kind of good to have it maybe once a week or something, and we usually do. Um, the fillets that we get at our grocery are really nice-sized fillets, and quite honestly, um, they make two meals. I mean, one fillet would be uh, two meals. They're they're large enough that we cut them in half, and they become two meals. Adam is not as big a fan of salmon as I am, and so sometimes there may even be a little bit left over for a lunch because he doesn't want that big piece of salmon. He doesn't mind getting the smaller half when it comes to salmon. Okay, so I'm going to wash my hands here um, after I put the spice on. And now I'm going to get my top to the grill and put it back, back on. Now when I turn them over, I still made sure that the uh, thick side of the fillet uh, for one of them was pointed in one direction and the thick side for the other one was pointed in the other direction. I'm going to take it back over to the microwave and this time I'm going to put it in for about two to three minutes. I'll probably give it three minutes. Alright, so we have it in the microwave and three minutes. And when that comes out, we'll be ready to see how we've done. In case you're wondering what I've been doing in between times, I've been fixing the rest of dinner. Um, as I said, Adam has done the salad. He's salad man around here. And that's already fixed, and I'm fixing some broccoli to go with it. And um, I think I'm also going to do some little new potatoes. So that's what's going to be happening. The microwave just went off. We're going to take the salmon out. And we're going to see. Can you hear the sizzle? That's pretty darn hot. Yet. I can pick this up on the sides without anything. It's warm. It is warm, but it is not uncomfortably hot. And believe me, I don't like hot things. So if it was at all really hot, I would certainly have a towel or um, an oven mitt or something. Usually a, uh, a dish towel would be what I would have. But I'm going to bring it over here to the counter. We're going to check this out and see how it is. And I have a feeling it's going to be pretty good. So let's see. Yes, it is nice and firm. It is extremely hot. The top, the, uh, the handle on the top is hot. And uh, I pick it up uh, with care. I have, again, put it onto uh, my stove, but I've turned it upside down, so again, the 
um, the uh, underside of the top that is kind of greasy doesn't get all over the grease doesn't get or the oil from the fish doesn't get all over my stove but um, the fish will stay warm unlike a lot of things that are microwaved you know where it doesn't hold the heat very long it, it the things tend to get cool pretty quickly that are microwaved sometimes this will stay warm for quite a long time and that I think that part of that may have to do with Tupperware's uh, telling us that the microwaves are actually deflected from the food and that they are uh, they are not actually cooking the food. The food is being cooked by the microwaves that are circulating around the container, not inside the container. It, it really is a, a very interesting process. Um, this, again, is called a Tupperware grill. If you have a person who sells Tupperware, I'm sure that they would be interested in doing a party and showing you how it works. Uh, we have a Tupperware dealer here who is a visually impaired person. She did a, a party, a couple of parties that I went to, and uh, she cooked chicken fajitas in this, and they were really good. I haven't done that yet. Um, I haven't really in the past been a big fan of Mexican food. But that's something I'm learning to like too, uh, a little bit, uh, but I haven't ventured into cooking it yet. So I hope you've enjoyed this, and we may have another little gadget or two to, to show you in the coming weeks. So stay tuned and let us know what you think about the cooking segments. End of title. Page three. Let's have Amazon devices. Alexa, play wordplay. Welcome back. How many players would you like in your new game? One. Let's start a single player game of word play. Since you have purchased the power up package, you will start with three of each power up. Say use power up to use one of now, them. We are not the going to use three the power ups of your here. word are A, L, B. Spell out a five letter word beginning with A, L, B. A, L, B, U, M. Is A, L, B, U, M your final answer? Yes. A, L, B, U, M. Hip, hip, hooray! You have solved one word so far. You gained two bonus lives, bringing you to a total of five. The first three letters of your next word are A, G, E. Please spell out your word now. A G E N T. A G E N T. Shall I lock it in? Yes. A G E N T. And another word goes down. Nice job. You have solved two words so far. You gained two bonus lives, bringing you to a total of seven. The first two letters of your next word are S E. Please spell out your word now. Please spell out your word. Say more time if you need more time. F-E-A-R-S F-E-A-R-S Yes or no? Yes. I'm sorry. You need to guess a word that starts with your given letter. The first two letters of your word are S, E. Please spell a new word. Now, I misunderstood that, and I thought it said F, so it's an S instead. The first two letters of your word are S, E. Please spell out a word to guess next. All right. So we will have... I didn't get that. Please spell your five letters very clearly. This is not a good choice, but S-E-T-E-E. -E -E. The first two letters of your word are S, E. Please spell out a word to guess next. S, E, T, E, E. S, E, T, E, E. Yes or no? Yes.
I'm sorry, but that is not a valid word according to our dictionary. Well, please spell a new word. Okay. S. I didn't get that. Please spell your five letters very clearly. S E D A N. Would you like to lock in your answer, S E D A N? Yes. S E. Darn. You have lost a life. Six lives remaining. Try guessing another word. So those beeps meant that there was not a D, an A, an N in that word. More time. Okay, please spell out your word now. S E C T S. S E C T S. Shall I lock it in? Yes. S E. Well, it was worth a shot. You have lost a life. Five lives remaining. Try guessing another word. So now we know. That there is no C, no C, no, no C, no T, no S, and no D, no A, or no N. S E. Check your Alexa app to see all your previous guesses. S E R U M. S E R U M. Yes or no? Yes. S E R. Shocks. You have lost a life. Four lives remaining. Try guessing another word. Now we know that there is an R in the third location, but there is no U or M in this word. Please spell out a word to guess next. S E R G E. Would you like to lock in S E R G E? Yes. S E R E darn. You have lost a life. Three lives remaining. Try guessing another word. S E R V E. Would you like to lock in your answer S E R V E? Yes. S E R V E. Way to go! You have solved three words so far. You gained two bonus lives, Alexa, bringing stop. you to a total. Thank you for playing wordplay. We hope to see you again soon. This also has a multiplayer function, but we were not real successful in getting that to work smoothly for us. Uh, I don't know if this is a relatively new skill for Alexa, but if it is. Um, we can expect some updates that will smooth mm -hmm. out some of the issues with that multiplayer game. It is fun. If you get a letter in the wrong position, you will get a different sound than what you heard on the demo. It will give you a little ringing bell if the letter is correct but placed in the wrong spot so that you're able to know that you just need to move that letter somewhere else in the word. It does eventually only present you with the first letter of the word, which makes it very difficult to solve. But it's a lot of fun, and we played it in teams at Roundabout, where we had three or four people working together just to make sure that we got everyone involved in the game. There are a lot of other word games and trivia games on the Echo, and we'll demo some of them for you from time to time. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's mini book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll free, 800-223-1839. 
or visit www.aph.org. APH offers a growing collection of accessible mobile apps, and some are free. These apps feature content such as mathematics practice, braille practice, enhanced navigation, and fun stickers for messages. Some apps are designed for iOS, while others are compatible with Android. Learn more about mobile apps from the American Printing House for the Blind at www.aph.org products mobile hyphen apps. Page four. Here are some articles from around the internet. The first appeared on ACB Leadership and was posted by Kelly Gask. It addresses a topic that is very popular and seems to always stimulate a lot of discussion. It's entitled, Can Braille Survive in a Smartphone World? And it was published on August 31, 2018. Tony Stevens, ACB Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, is quoted in the article. This article appeared uh, on philly.com, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. On a recent morning, six visually impaired people gathered in a building on Walnut Street, huddled over their iPhones, waiting for Andrew Godwin's intermediate technology class to begin. The day's lesson? Creating and finding contacts in your cell phone. At the Associated Services for the Blind, ASB, in Center City, people who are blind and visually impaired can learn the skills they need to survive and thrive in today's digital-first society. The nonprofit also offers classes to teach people with low vision how to read Braille. For decades, ASB has been one of the largest producers of Braille in the United States, creating versions of everything from books for the Library of Congress to manuals for Comcast products such as your cable box or wireless internet router. But the number of Braille readers has decreased significantly in the last 50 years. In 1960, half of all legally blind children in the U.S. were able to read Braille, according to a report by the American Foundation for the Blind. Today, fewer than 1 in 10 blind people possesses the skill. The number of fluent readers has plummeted for a variety of reasons. A shortage of teachers, decreased emphasis on teaching Braille to low-vision individuals, and the rise of assistive technology. Quote, Technology offers the opportunity for those that are blind or visually impaired to live independently, said Godwin, 46. To demonstrate, Godwin opened an app, Seeing AI, on his iPhone 5S and turned the camera to face himself. The phone described aloud what it saw, 56-year-old male with dark hair, looking happy. Godwin laughed. 56, he said. The app isn't perfect, but it is helpful. Users can program it to recognize faces. Simply by holding up the camera, they can find out who's in the room without having to ask. Godwin, who is blind due to a rare inherited eye disease that affects the retinas, began teaching at ASB two years ago. He hosts group classes on cell phone usage as well as one-on-one -on -one computer lessons. He tailors the courses to the specific needs of his students, such as a recently blinded author who wishes to continue his career using assistive technology, audiobooks and screen readers, programs that convert on-screen text into audible speech, make reading more rapid for individuals such as Godwin, who are used to relying on hearing and can understand speech at a speed that far exceeds a normal speaking pace. But the new technology is not embraced by all. For Lavera Diggins, 87, who lost her sight at 18 and says the loss was like death, reading Braille allowed her to find independence. After learning to read Braille at ASB, she became a volunteer teacher. She creates Braille labels for her clothing, cans, and cassettes at home to be able to identify the products on her own. Diggins doesn't expect to pick up the newest technology because of her age, but with Braille, once you have it, you can use it, she says. Without the ability to read Braille, 
Visually impaired people must take in all information by listening. But with the raised dot braille system felt by the fingertips, they can process data at their own pace. Quote, it's one thing to receive information passively as you're listening, but when you're bringing it in and interpreting it, it's much more of an active way of engagement, said Tony Stevens, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs at the American Council of the Blind. Stevens was born with low vision and became completely blind at age 15. It took him two years to learn to read Braille. In recent years, he's been using Braille more. Technology, apart from offering an alternative to Braille, also makes access to Braille easier. Refreshable Braille displays, tablets that can be programmed with different Braille texts, are becoming more affordable and widespread. People who shied away from Braille in the past because of inconvenience, a Harry Potter novel in Braille would fill an entire bookshelf, can now carry a novel in one hand. Quote, Technology has made huge achievement in access to information, but at the core, there is still the fundamental need for literacy, end of quote, Stevens said. Monica Heap, a sighted Braille instructor who retired a few months ago, taught hundreds of students over her 34 years at ASB and believes the skill is crucial for visually impaired people. Quote, Braille is like a paper and pencil, said Heap, 65, of Lindenwold. What do you do when all of a sudden you don't have access to the Internet? Godwin doesn't read Braille other than on short labels and notes around his house. And as a result, he can't spell like beans, he says. But his son, Andrew, who was born with the same eye disease, is an avid Braille reader and would be devastated if Braille books were no longer produced. As an aspiring engineer, the nine-year-old finds it important to be able to read design plans and diagrams independently. Quote, Braille will never go away, Godwin said. It will forever be relevant, I believe, just for literary purposes. End of quote. Still, in Godwin's classes, a future without Braille doesn't seem impossible. On that particular July morning, cell phones spoke quiet commands to their users as they navigated them easily. Godwin sent a text to his wife using Apple's talking to using Apple's talk to text feature, listened as his emails were dictated, and used an app to read aloud a printed document in front of him. Together, Godwin and his students worked through the technological hang-ups the class encountered since they last saw each other. Quote, I love learning with you guys, Godwin said. There's never a class of students that doesn't make my brain work hard. End of quote. And here is another article posted on August 31st on ACB Leadership, and Kim Charlson, ACB President, is featured in this article. It's entitled, Wegmans Adds a Game Changer for Visually Impaired Shopping. This article was posted on Boston25news.com. Boston. Grocery shopping can be very stressful. Navigating crowded aisles in a store full of people is frustrating, but if you're blind, like Kim Charlson, then grocery shopping can be almost impossible. A new tool, however, could revolutionize shopping for people who can't see. It's an app that helps the visually impaired navigate the world and does more using the eyes in your smartphone. Quote, you come into a grocery store and you're just bombarded with everything all around you, Charlson explained. It's just not the place a blind person can get around independently without some kind of support. End of quote. She says, though, she now has the support she needs. Hanging around her neck, using the camera in her iPhone, is an operator walking her through the aisles and pointing her to where she needs to go. That operator works for the company Ira, a San Diego-based tech company that helps blind people navigate the world. This week, Ira launched its free program for Wegmans shoppers. It's W-E-G-M-A-N-S. Hi, Emily. This is Kim. I'm in Wegmans in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, Charleston said. 
into her phone as she demonstrated the app's functionality for Boston 25 News. On Wednesday, we followed her as she used Ira to shop for her groceries. Quote, Does this look like a good batch of tomatoes? She asked her assistant, Emily. We watched her communicate with the agent to find her everything she needed, including treats for her seeing-eye dog. The system is not flawless. At times, Dolly got confused on where they were going. At one point, the IRA agent told Charlson to go to an aisle that didn't exist, but they eventually found their way together. Charlson, who has been blind since she was 12 years old, is excited about the possibilities. Quote, it's really been an amazing service and something I call a real game changer, she said. Boston 25 News spoke with Amy Bernal, Ira's Vice President of Customer Experience, about whether there were challenges guiding somebody around using a smartphone camera. I would say Ira agents work together with the Explorer to move the camera where they need to get the information, Bernal said. I think of it as a partnership. It really is an agent and an explorer working together to get the point of view and the information they need to be efficient. Ira is a free service at all the Wegman stores in New England. The company would like to expand the program into more grocery chains and retailers. This last article was posted by Bob Branco on the ACBL list on August 31. And it is from the Washington Post. Advocates for the Disabled Find Fault in Many Realty Sites by Kenneth R. Harney of the Washington Post. It has gotten much public attention, but here's something that has the real estate brokerage industry upset. A sudden wave of potentially costly and embarrassing legal challenges for companies' websites alleging violations of the Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA. Lawyers representing visually impaired, hearing impaired, and other clients say the vast majority of realty sites don't offer features needed to allow handicapped individuals to shop for homes and absorb content as other people can. These features include alternative texts, accompanying images, transcripts of audiovisual content, descriptive links, and resizable text. Lawyers at one firm alone, Carlson Lynch, Sweet, Kilpella, and Carpenter in Pittsburgh, have sent out demand letters, as they are called, to as many as 25 realty and home-building companies in recent months. The letters threaten lawsuits if the firms do not agree to modifications of their sites. The warnings also raise the prospect of hefty financial penalties. Benjamin J. Sweet, a Carlson Lynch partner, says website inaccessibility is an epidemic in this country, in almost every segment of the economy. He added that his firm has more than 100 clients in 40 states who either have been plaintiffs in various suits or are being represented through demand letters. Sweet declined to identify specific realty brokerages that have been contacted, citing the potential for litigation. Other law firms reportedly are gearing up for legal attacks, a prospect that has the National Association of Realtors worried enough that it recently pleaded with the Department of Justice to accelerate its timetable for releasing long-awaited guidance on the standards that commercial websites must meet to be compliant with the disabilities law. In a letter to the head of Justice's Civil Rights Division, April 29, Tom Salamone, president of the Realtors Group, said the lack of federal regulation governing website accessibility has left our members confused about how to mitigate legal risks in this area or what is even required of their websites under the law. In the meantime, Plaintiffs are using the ADA to demand restitution from businesses. The Justice Department, which has been expected to release proposed rules this year, instead postponed them until fiscal 2018. In the meantime, the real estate companies say they are in the dark on precisely how to make their websites accessible to disabled persons.
This issue extends far beyond real estate sites. For years, there have been lawsuits filed against prominent firms and organizations alleging website violations of the disabilities law. Target, Hard Rock Cafe, Home Depot, and dozens of other retailers have been sued or have entered into settlement agreements. Major cases are pending in Massachusetts against Harvard and MIT for alleged failures to provide adequate captioning on audio and audiovisual materials in their websites. Those suits have those suits were filed by the National Association of the Deaf. The focus on rea- The focus on realty firms is new and, in the opinion of some companies, unfair given the absence of regulatory guidance. Matthew Rand, managing partner of BHG Rand Realty in Westchester, New York, says that while his firm has not been a recipient of a demand letter over its website, obviously we want to make our site work for everybody. However, he is uncertain about what is expected given the dearth of clear communication from the government. And clear communication was in quotes. Alyssa N. Carr, a partner specializing in disabilities issues at the Leach Tishman Law Firm in Pittsburgh, says the lack of regulations, quote, make it difficult for my clients who want to comply with the law, end of quote. But Sweet says that in several settlements and statements, the Justice Department has made clear that owners of websites need to base their modifications on a widely recognized web content accessibility guidelines standard published by the World Wide Web Consortium. Quote, it's no secret, he says, the department favors this. And the businesses and groups that claim they can't act until the department finalizes its rules are, quote, shedding crocodile tears, end quote. Several major real estate companies I contacted, including Long & Foster, the country's largest independent brokerage, and Redfin, declined to comment on whether they have received demand letters regarding their websites. Other firms, including R.E., other firms, including Remax, Keller Williams, and Better Homes and Gardens, said they have not been targeted to date. Remax said it launched a new website last month, whose designers assured the firm that, quote, we shouldn't have any issues, said spokesman Sean Wito, W-H-I-T-O. One REMAX broker in Florida confirmed that ADA issues are popping up in the state, but provided no names of targets. Page 5. The Sound Prince Calendar. On September 11th, Florida Lions of the Visually Impaired, Savvy, will have a picnic in Owensboro, Kentucky, from noon to 2.30 p.m. Central Time. Those attending will enjoy barbecue sandwiches with sides, play a game, and more. Please note the change in time and location. While Savvy will be providing lunch, donations are encouraged. Reservations are due by September 9. Information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or contact Owensboro at kentucky-acb.org. On September 12, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its conference call meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The phone number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155-619. On September 12, the KCB PR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. Eastern Time by telephone on the Zoom line. At 669-900-6833, the code is 3572-595-193. On September 13, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its support group meeting in Louisville from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at the United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street. 
The topic this week will be participants sharing labeling ideas and trying out the script talk from Envision America. Elaine Weisbard will be demonstrating her script talk unit. For more information, call 502-895-4598. Also on September 14, Savvy in Owensboro will be sponsoring a workshop on iPhone accessibility from 10 a.m. to noon Central Time. Join Savvy as they explore iPhone features for the visually impaired at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Contact Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170. On September 14, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its next roundabout. Education and technology, including Braille, iPhones, and Orbit readers from 3.30 to 5 p.m., tips and sharing time from 5 to 6, dinner, 6 to 7, $6 per person, bingo, $2 per person from 7.30 to 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On September 16, the KSB alumni will have its next board meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call, 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On September 17, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will have a board meeting at 7.30 p.m. by conference call, 669-900-6833, enter code 3572-595-1. On September 20, Savvy will have a booth at Senior Day Out in Owensboro, 8.30 a.m. to noon. Stop by the Savvy booth at Town Square Mall in Owensboro to learn more about visual impairment and Savvy. On September 21, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind invites you to our quarterly meeting and dinner. Roundabout activities begin at 3.30 Registration and Bargain Table at 4.30, Program, Business, and Dinner at 5.15. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. The cost is $6 per person. For information and sign-up, call 502-895-4598. On September 23, ACB Families invites you to its Parent Support Group Meeting. Buy conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering 796-096. On September 24, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have its next membership conference call at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The number is 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On September 26, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a peer support group meeting at its office in Lexington from noon to 2 p.m. The address is 1093 South Broadway, and you need to call ahead 859-259-1834 for more information. On September 27, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its second peer support group meeting of the month in Louisville, 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street. The speaker will be from the American Printing House for the Blind, and this will be an opportunity to try low vision products from APH. For more information, contact the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502 895-4598. On September 28, Savvy will hold another iPhone accessibility workshop from 10 a.m. to noon Central Time. Join them as they explore accessibility features of the iPhone for the visually impaired at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Contact Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170 for more information. On September 28, the Greater Louisville Roundabout 
will have a number of activities, including education and technology, Braille, iPhones, and Orbit readers from 3.30 to 5, the tip sheet from 5 to 5.30, page turners and Tri-State Library users meeting 5.30 to 6, dinner $6 per person from 6 to 7, the KCB Next Generation activity at 7 o'clock, and games and crafts until 9.30. All at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On September 29, the American Printing House for the Blind Museum will host Coping with Vision Loss from 1 to 3 p.m. People new to vision loss must address a host of practical issues and cope with a myriad of emotions. APH is bringing together a panel of experts to help tackle the tough questions. Come and be part of the discussion. 1839 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. Admission is free, but registration is required. Call 502-899-2213. And looking ahead to a few events in October, on October 2, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold a conference call meeting at 8 p.m. on the line at 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. This is for individuals statewide who are experiencing low vision. People are encouraged to come and ask questions, share tips, and offer comments. On October 4, the American Council of Blind Lions will hold its monthly conference call for blind lions from across the United States. This is an excellent opportunity to share ideas about how to be involved in local lions clubs. At 9 p.m. Eastern Time, call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796-096. On October 5, GLCB will hold a roundabout with education and technology at 3.30 to 5 p.m., discussion time from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, $6 per person, and bingo from 7 until 9.30. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On October 7, GLCB committees will meet by conference call, advocacy at 7 p.m., education, activities, and technology at 8 p.m. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444 to participate. And in November, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its state convention on November 16 and 17 at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Out-of-town guests stay at the Ramada Inn, 1041 Zorn Avenue. Hotel reservations can be made by calling 502-897-5101. More details on convention registration will be coming soon, and pre-registration is expected to open between October 10 and October 15. For more information, call KCB at 502-895-4598. And in December, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Christmas Party will be held on Saturday, December 1, at United Crescent Hill Ministries. More information will be coming soon. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.